Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com. Today we're talking about a factory versus a non-factory car repair. This is episode 34 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. This should be a really interesting episode to go back and revisit, especially given that I've now left the dealership and I'm sort of expanding my automotive uh, vision or automotive world vision, I guess you would say. And it's interesting because as a dealership technician, you are by the book almost 100% of the time. There's a lot of reasons for that, and we're going to go into some of those reasons in today's episode. But lately, I've sort of tried to think outside of that very narrow dealership is the only way. OEM parts are always the best. I've been trying to think outside of that really narrow box. Take, for example, that fuel pump upgrade that I did on the GTI. If you guys haven't watched that video, I'll try and link it up in the description so you can check it out. It's a pretty cool video, and I kind of walk through what I had to do in order to make this aftermarket part fit. And while I wasn't in love with it during the process, and a five years ago version of me would have probably lost his mind over the fact that I had to modify a component to make it work, I made it work and it works really well and I'm pretty comfortable with where it's at. So this is a super interesting topic to pop up on today's episode. I also have a feeling that I foreshadowed a couple of things that haven't even happened yet, but are in the works. So that's uh, should be a fun one to listen to today. But hey, before I get into that and we travel back in time, I wanna remind you guys, if you like the work that I do for you and wanna help support the show, check out the crew membership program. This is a great way to not only help support the show, which I really do appreciate, but score yourself some awesome discounts to places like MyCanic, S&P Automotive, Sonic Tools, Eastwood. I'm working with Eastwood on some other stuff coming up soon and a bunch more. Hit the link in the description. Check it out. You get a full list of the vendors and all the discounts that they do give you. Some of them are super strong, like 20% off your first order of Sonic Tools. That more than pays for most of you guys to join the crew members. In addition to that, like I mentioned, exclusive content, and you get the downloads of the VW Audi training manuals that I build. These books are 355 bucks a pop if you want to attend the class. That's the only other way you can get one. So pretty exclusive stuff, a ton of value, which is exactly the way I wanted it. Two ways you can check that out. You can hit the crew membership benefits tab at the top of the blog, or there's always links in the description, as well as over on YouTube in every video I put links down there. Also have a Patreon. You guys asked me to set it up. I did some cool stuff going on over there. And of course, the easiest, freest way for everyone is to use my Amazon link. At the bottom of every blog post, there's a box of tools that I recommend. Check them out. Hit the link. Buy whatever you're going to buy on Amazon anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and I get a little credit for it. For all of you guys that do that for me, I really do appreciate that. That legit helps me keep the lights on, helps keep fuel in the car, and helps make sure that I can do this show for you guys. Now that my sales pitch is wrapped up, let's talk about OEM versus non-OEM car repairs. Before we get talking about the difference between factory and non-factory, we need to determine what a factory repair really means. And the way I think about it is, what would the manufacturer want me to do if this vehicle were under warranty? So is this making a wiring repair or is it replacing a harness? Which one would be you know, the traditional factory recommended repair? Um, is it crimping a connector versus soldering a connection? Uh, both are, can be really good repairs, but in the Volkswagen world anyway, they would want me using the heat shrink crimp connectors, not making a solder. So. 
Um, a lot of times too with a factory-based repair, it's usually a replacement of a part rather than a repair of a part. Like that vacuum pump we talked about the other day, uh, a factory repair wouldn't be resealing the outer cover, it would be replacing the pump. Or if the seal's available, replacing the seal. But since that outer seal isn't available separate, it gets a whole new pump. So that's sort of the mindset we have to be in when we're talking about a factory repair. Um, the reason that we have to be thinking that way and the reason we do repairs that way at the dealership is basically it all revolves around warranty. So if I make a repair and let's say, um, I don't know, I repair a wiring harness and the door harness is a great example and I make a repair in the door harness, even if I you know, sort of follow the factory standards of making a repair, it's a bad repair. Now that customer moves to California and has another problem, they're gonna go in and go, this guy didn't make a factory repair, we can't cover it under warranty. Whereas if I would have replaced the harness, um, you know, they, and it had a problem with the new part, they would be able to cover that under warranty. All of our parts have a 12 month, 12,000 mile warranty, so we have to make sure that we're doing a repair that in 11 and a half months at a dealership across the country, they can look at it and go, they did the proper repair at the time, we need to do this different repair now. Um, technicians are also programmed to think this way. We're programmed to understand that, you know, there may be an issue down the road, another dealership has to be able to cover it. If I open up a module and try and repair a solder and it's fixed for three months, well, that's great because we saved the customer, you know, $700 or whatever on buying a new module. But it, there's no way that we can warranty that repair. Even if I did the perfect solder job, there's no way if they, again, go to a dealership in California that they're going to be able to take and go, oh, this is fine. You know, we'll, we'll re-solder, we'll replace the module. They're going to go, they messed the car up. The, you know, either the dealership needs, that did the initial repair needs to pay for it or the customer needs to pay for it. Um, so we're sort of programmed in this, you need to make sure you do this the way that we want you to for all these other reasons, which can be good and bad. Um, it can be good because the customer, you know, a dealership tech is generally going to recommend a new part versus a replacement part, which means they're probably getting more parts than they need, but it can, but it can cost the customer a lot more money. Um, take a headlight, for example. If I do a repair on the connector for the headlight bulb um, and I do a perfect job, no problem. I, the customer spent, call it, I don't know, 100 bucks. Well, since that harness isn't available separately on some headlights, the only factory repair is to replace the headlight. Well, now that customer maybe spent $1,000 on a new headlight versus 100 bucks on just replace, you know, repairing two wires that go to a headlight. So, so again, as dealer techs, we're sort of programmed in this mindset. And honestly, it's not bad, but it does sort of take some of the creativity out of making repairs away from you. Um, you know, you, you don't really get to think outside of the box and, uh, about that. And, and there's customer issues with it too, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but it, it forces you into the only repair for this is to replace the part. The only repair for this is to replace the harness, not repair the harness. Um, and again, that can be good and that can be bad. It all depends on, on each individual situation. There's also the parts department end of it. Um, a really great example is the TDI, the older TDI, the ALH injection pumps. So they're known, well not known so much, but it's not uncommon for them to leak fuel. And 
for years and years and years, and even still now, I don't think you can buy any of the seals for these pumps from Volkswagen. But there's aftermarket solutions that sell an entire rebuild kit, which is awesome um, for these pumps. And they have a great DIY. I'll put a link to, to where to get it if you guys are interested in this, uh, this ALH pump. The name of the company, I think it's Diesel Geek or something. But um, there's a link in the show notes, so hit that link because I might be wrong on, on who the company is. But they sell, again, the $60, $70, whatever it costs, rebuild kit for these pumps. Well, by Volkswagen standard, you have to buy a new pump. And that pump's like $1,600 plus labor to install it. So you take what could be done with less labor or the same labor to rebuild this pump and $60 in parts and compare that to $1,500 worth of parts buying. Um, you know, if it's a department selling the parts, which one are they going to want to sell more? They're going to want to sell the $1,500 one rather than a customer bringing a $60 part kit and asking you to install it. So there's also this mindset in the dealership, especially in, in aftermarket too, you know, not only do we want to sell labor, but we want to sell parts. And, you know, we'll, again, we'll talk about the customer end in a minute and there's some ways around some of that, but that's a huge difference. You know, you might make 300 bucks on that pump and you're making $5 or nothing on the seal kit. There's also the Beetle, um, like the door handle rebuild kits where the Beetle door handles, the pull to pull it shut breaks. Um, the only Volkswagen fix is, I don't know, a $600 door panel where you can buy a kit to repair it for 80 bucks. And again, at the dealership level, we're thinking, okay, I gotta make this repair, I gotta make this repair to a Volkswagen standard. I'm not even gonna look for an aftermarket solution. Um, it, well, in the aftermarket, they're thinking $700 for a door panel is ridiculous. Let's just buy this $80 part. The customer will be happy. We'll make some money on it and everybody wins. And the customer doesn't have to shell out almost $1,000 just so they can close their door. Um, so you have to consider that. You really have to consider, you know, everybody wants to get their piece of this pie and Sometimes it works out really well for everyone. Sometimes it's the customer that suffers for it because, you know, we're not always thinking what other solutions are there for this problem. When customers bring their car to the dealership, there's always this expectation. They have an expectation of, I'm going to get OEM parts, I'm going to get OEM service, and <laughs> I'm going to pay OEM prices for it. So when you sort of step out of bounds of, you know, like that injection pump of the $1,500 injection pump, initially, I think customers are really happy about it. And they're like, wow, they're going to save me, you know, $1,000 or $2,000, whatever the, the savings might be. But the problem is, is they're still expecting this OEM type situation to happen. They're still expecting if, you know, let's say we rebuild that ALH pump with the $60 kit, and they, again, they go on vacation to California and their car develops a small fuel leak because maybe the seal was tweaked. Um, they expect that if they go to a Volkswagen dealership, Volkswagen's gonna cover that. Now, if the service advisor and technician that working on the car did a good job explaining, there should be a little bit clearer picture for the customer. But in their mind, it's always, I got it fixed at Volkswagen, Volkswagen should pay for it. And that's, you know, that's where sort of that programming of technicians comes in because if they would have put that pump on, you know, parts fail, brand new parts fail. I've had plug something in, it doesn't work. Plug another one in, it doesn't work. Plug the third one in, that's the one that fixed it. So there's this expectation that they're going to get it replaced by Volkswagen or repaired by Volkswagen, but we did an aftermarket repair 
and there's not going to be any kind of warranty, you know, especially across the country. If they brought it back to us, we can work around that. But it's a lot harder to deal with a dealership, you know, 20 states away and, uh, and take care of that customer when, you know, technically we didn't do a Volkswagen repair. I think for me, it really comes all down to options. We have to give the customer the option. Um, you know, again, that, that ALH pump thing, for the longest time at the dealership, we were putting on pumps, we were putting on pumps, we were putting on pumps. And then, you know, I forget how it came up. I think it was one of the other guys in the shops like, hey, there's the seal kit. It's 60 bucks. Why don't we try one um, the next time a customer comes in? So next time a customer came in, we laid out all the options for them. We said, the factory repair is to replace this $1,500 pump. If that's an option you want to take, it is, you know, quote unquote, the best option. Um, there's a $60 repair kit. We don't know. This might be everything you need. This might take care of everything. We can do this at 60 bucks plus whatever the labor is. You know, the pump's 1500 plus labor. This is 60 plus labor. What do you want to do? If we put a pump on it, you got a brand new pump. Not only do you got a brand new pump, but you got a 12 month, 12,000 mile warranty. If we put this seal kit in and it fixes it, awesome. If in six months your pump's leaking again, it's going to be on you. You know, there's not really any, any type of warranty on this repair. Now, if it's a workmanship issue and let's say I put this seal kit on and I mess something up, you know, I'm not only am I going to take care of it, but the dealership will take care of that too. Um, so that's a little bit different story, but you know, we're, tr we're talking purely failed parts here. Um, and there's a million examples, you know, headlight repairs, um, the TDI, um, I think it was Diesel Geek again, that um, they made a little arm to repair the um, intake flap on the common rail diesels. You know, it's like, I don't know, 80 bucks, 100 bucks, or you could replace a 300 and something dollar intake manifold plus labor. Again, it's all about laying out options for the customer. And from a customer standpoint, you need to understand that when they're telling you there's not going to be a warranty on this, there's not going to be a warranty on that part. I know you have the mindset of it's, you know, I'm going to be able to bring it back if this fails again, but they should have done a really good job explaining this is not a, you know, quote, factory repair. This is a non-factory repair. We're going to not be able to warranty this unless, again, it's, you know, workmanship issues come in at a whole different level. So um, I don't really consider that. Again, pure parts failure, we won't be able to cover this. And then let the customer make the choice. You know, if you're a customer and you want to roll the dice on 60 bucks, awesome, I would. I mean, hell, $1,500 is a lot of money. Um, or you can replace the part and know 100% that it's going to get taken care of uh, and not worry about it. So for me, the $60 dice roll is a no-brainer. I would do it every single time. In fact, now that's what I recommend to customers. I don't, you know, I still give them the option if you want to replace the $1,500 pump, let's put a pump in it. If you want me to rebuild the, the pump, let's rebuild the pump. It's up to you. Here's all your options. Here's how everything can play out. Here's the pros and cons of the pump, the pros and cons of the seal kit. You make the decision and tell me what you want me to do. And, and I think when you get the customer involved in that, that decision-making process, you tend to mitigate a lot of the mindset of this is always going to be covered under warranty. You know, I had it fixed two years ago. It should be covered. Well, remember two years ago when you decided you didn't want to replace that? Um, you know, it's it's not covered. And I mean, technically it wouldn't be covered anyway, but that's not really the point, I guess. Um, anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. I would love to hear your thoughts on this kind of stuff. This is a, another one of those shows where, um, you know, you guys, especially in the aftermarket, have a lot different of a view on some of this stuff than I do. Um, you know, my mindset is, 
99% or maybe 90% factory repair, it's got to be that way because I do a lot of warranty work. And then the other 10% is really reaching out and trying to find these incredibly creative and fun and affordable solutions to, uh, to helping customers out. Because honestly, there's a lot of times where putting on parts sucks and it's boring. And okay, I've replaced this water pump a thousand times. I know how to do it. I could do it in my sleep. Intake manifolds are a great example of that. You know, how cool would it be to find a repair where you didn't have to take the intake manifold off, you, you know, install a new tumbler in it or whatever, um, and save the customer a ton of money and have something a little bit more interesting in your day-to-day -day job rather than, you know, take part off, swap, put part on, let car leave. All right, so fun stuff. And I think it's important to point out that is if you're getting the job done and it's as good, or in some cases like the Diesel Geek Repair, as good or better, uh, there's definitely a place for that. But I would never condone hack repairs or shortcuts that compromise the integrity of a component. Not cool, just like the parking brake cable recall that a bunch of Jettas had and Beatles and whatnot that uh, I got some crap for on Facebook for, quote, ratting everyone out, unquote, you know, air quotes, ratting everyone out. But I felt like there were a bunch of hacks for cutting the bracket anyway. All right, so with that, guys, if you enjoy the show, you like the audio-only version, do me a huge favor, swing over to iTunes, leave it a review. If you think it's worth five stars, awesome. If it's not worth five stars, leave it anyway. Let me know what you think. I always appreciate when you guys take a couple minutes out of your day to hang out with me as well as help me out with reviews and, and things like that. So awesome stuff. You guys are awesome. This is such a rad community. Hey, one thing I never mentioned is we have a Facebook group. It's called the Humble Mechanic Club. There's almost 17,000 members, which is kind of nutso. Cool community. Uh, very, very open to what we can talk about. You know, as long as everybody's being cool with each other, I kind of let a lot of stuff go. But check that out. Just search the Humble Mechanic Club on Facebook and you'll find it. There is, it is a closed group, so you have to be approved. That usually happens in a couple days. If you don't get approved in a couple days, fire me an email, charles at humblemechanic.com, and I will take care of it. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.